Greetings, ladies and mental gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Humans are weird. Scary story written by Betty Adams. There is something wrong with the human, Twistunder announced as he slipped into the recreation pool. From your posture, I assume it's not the sort of wrong that requires immediate attention. Ambles over observed as he shuffled across the bottom of the pool, stirring the algal system with every lazily dragged nub. He is showing signs of sleep deprivation, Twistunter explained, and his fight, flight, or freeze circuits are so dramatically overactive that even I noticed them. He nearly screamed when I simply touched his hand from the inside of the cupboard. Did he give you any explanation? Ambles over asked. Well, he did specifically request that I, Twistunder, lifted himself vertically and hunched in a resentful air that the human taken, should just leave him alone and mind my own business. Ambles over hummed in a sad symphony, and the two undulates circled each other in a comforting greeting before settling into an artfully arranged algal garden. Twistunder ran these primary appendages over the long, smooth tassels of the emerald green variety and let the warmth of the water soothe his gravity-stressed appendages. After several minutes had passed, Ambles over lightly shoved him with a gripping appendage. Twistunder stiffened and edged just a thread's breath away to indicate his indignation. He was trying to ease out a sock here. Would you like to know what is wrong with the human? Ambles over asked with a mild amusement, agitating his appendages. You don't even know which human I'm indicating, Twistunder pointed out, but he couldn't not hide his curiosity. It doesn't matter, Ambles over said, taking off from the pool floor and waving an appendage dismissively as he swam around Twistunder. It is the same for all of them. This is a base-wide problem, Twistunder asked. If true, that did relieve his distress about that particular friend, even if it did raise other issues. Ambles over rotated his appendages in a gesture that had been heavily influenced by a human shrug and climbed up onto the sunny rock. I don't know if you could call it a problem exactly, he said in slow, musing tones. Twist under tightened his stance in annoyance. How is, according to you, the entire human population of the base displaying signs of fear stresses not a problem to us under demanded? Ambles over, hummed in amused patience and stretched out against the gravity. Do you recall the hubbub over the so-called predator practice? Ambles over asked. I do, to us under confirmed. Jag, I think the humans called it. Do you recall what the Shatar were so concerned about? Ambles over prompted. I will to see the connection between this and that, Twistunder said. Ambles over prodded him with a gripping appendage. Very well, Twistunder muttered. I will follow your wake. 
the Shaitan recognized the behavior as a practice of endurance predation as observed in several non-sapient deathworld species. They were concerned that there was some factor in the base environment that was stimulating the humans to such an extreme behavior. Ambles over waved for him to go on. The conclusion of the investigation showed that it was simply a childhood gaming behavior. Twist Thunder continued, albeit one that was the result of the humans' ecological past of being endurance pursuit predators. The humans were exposing their bodies to the conditions that they might have to encounter to maintain their physical strength through play behavior. Ambles over summarized as he leisurely stretched his non-gripping end into the water. And so, is it any surprise that they also do so with their awareness? Twistunder slumped back in bemusement, and Amblesover rolled into the water in a deliberate display of humor. The humans are in the process of testing each other's psychological toughness. Amblesover explained, the process also strengthens their psychological toughness. Twistunder slowly bobbed his gripping end with a rough approximation of a nod. That does explain the symptoms I've seen in my human friend, he said slowly. But why have I not observed the practice itself, and why are they suddenly doing it now? They do it at night, Dumbleshover explained, and they trek inland into the dry highlands where we can't go. Do they wish to hide the behavior from us? Twistunder asked, twisting his appendages in distress at the thought. Far from it, Dumbleshover said, waving the appendage dismissively. But to answer both questions, the conditions the practice is performed over precludes our presence. They like to be high and dry. There is usually an open flame and copious consumption of alcohol. Therefore, they prefer the dry summer months. That does sound practically horrid, Twistunder said with a shudder. What could they possibly be doing under those conditions that counts as play and then leads to those mental states? They're telling scary stories. End of story. Story number two. Hello, written by a glass of whiskey. It was with great fanfare that the aliens had arrived, walking down the glistening red carpet, the foremost holding the strange cube in his hands. One of the aliens took a step forward and began to speak. Humans, as tradition, you will now receive the technology package. As he spoke, he gestured towards the cube. Inside is the technology that'll bring you to the stars. Only one thing is asked in exchange. You will be given a map of the galaxy with certain systems marked. These are off-limits and should never be visited. The Ancient Ones live there, and they do not wish to be disturbed. At the end, he picked up and handed the cube to the human representative. Why? asked the surprised and nervous human, holding the cube as if it were made from feathers, and the slightest breeze would blow it apart. We do not know. All we know is that a long time ago, the ancient put together the package as a compromise. It has been tradition to bring it forth to any new species discovered since then. So, uh, you won't stop us or anything, responded the human. Ah, human foolishness is not for us to decide. And so, they left, having brought forth the gifts that would grant humanity access to the stars. Human curiosity is a difficult beast to cage, and eventually, after many years, a ship was built named Stick. 
It was sent at the closest marked system. As soon as it entered the system, it was destroyed. This would have caused some species to pause and think things over. And humans did that, then decided that they needed a bigger ship, both faster and longer named Bigger Stick. It managed to survive for a whole minute within the system before it was destroyed. Some simple readings made this a groundbreaking success. A few years later, and a continuous stream of ships are jumping into the system and getting destroyed, acquiring more and more detailed information. Eventually, a potential weak spot is discovered. A communication ship named Sticky, in honor of its predecessor, is sent into it. Success! It survives for almost a complete hour. Yet some transmissions that are later decoded to be roughly, What in the hell are you doing? Another communication ship is sent in. Previous transmissions are repeated to the ship. This time they had a reply ready. Hello? And so it came to be. The humans became the first in living memory to establish contact with the Ancient Ones. Story number three. Shovels and Spades by Pelusium. The human brain is an incredible creation, capable of dreaming up glorious visions of great prosperity and unholy abominations of elderich devastation, capable of solving the most mystifying equations ever written, and yet able to emotionally connect with non-sapient animals in ways that rival parental bonds. Of course, they are not alone in this. Humans might be practically smart and weirdly empathetic for such a warlike species, but there are many species out there that exceed them in either emotional or logical processing. What truly makes them stand out is their flexibility, their ability to twist and swap what is considered possible, to perceive where there is nothing to perceive, to see patterns where the Debillion supercomputer would see none. Thus, mere hours after first contact had been established, when the diplomats had sat down to trial some alien delicacies, a great discovery was made. So, you are saying that you humans recreationally drink this, um, as an all? The chitinous and freakishly thin alien prince asked. Yup, a sharply dressed human diplomat responded, reaching behind him for a beer being proffered by one of his bodyguards. A crisp pop echoed out as he removed the top of the table surface. He held it experimentally to the prince. Give it a try. You've got medics, right? That statement hardly inspires confidence in me. The insectoid creature reached out and grasped the prophet beer. How does one uh, imbibe the substance? Psh, the diplomat snickered. Imbibe. Man, those translators really are formal, aren't they? It's a beer, mate. You just chug it. The man took another beer from seemingly infinite stash in his guard's coat and motioned for them to take one for themselves. You certainly seemed, um, relaxed. The prince tentatively lifted up the comparatively small beverage to his mandibles and took a cautious sip. Well, a sip in the same sense that a toddler performs neurosurgery. It was more of an attempt to replicate a minor waterfall, but it did its job. That was surprisingly ple... He launched into a coughing fit, expelling a little liquid ingested out of his singular nostril. Ha! <laughs> nice one, buddy! Of course, I'm relaxed. We've just gone ten hours of constant diplomacy. I need a rest, man. The suited man swirled the beer and chugged it in one go. 
Phew, that went down well. So, you got family. It is generally considered rude to ask such personal matters in the first meeting. The man froze second beer halfway to his lips. Crap, dude, my bad, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it to literally... The man cut off as he saw the most awkward and stilted smile he'd ever seen imposed on the prince's face. Oh, you crap, you got me there. <laughs> Indeed, I did get you good, as you so elegantly put it. I do have family, quite a large one. I'm not sure how large your families are, but I doubt they are several hundred in size. <laughs> you can say that. I'm an only child, so just a couple of. What about more immediate family? Like a spouse or something. Spouse? I'm not familiar. He made another attempt at drinking the beer with only a mild success. If you mean a bond partner, I have several, but nothing permanent. They never are. At least not when you're at my level. Through all the species, social and biological differences, the human diplomat still managed to see the sadness on the other's face. Hey man, you okay? Have a suck being cock-blocked by your status. I can assure you, human women have no such concerns. The man let it a laugh between sips of his third beer. Tell you what, buddy, you seem pretty cool. When we're done here, I'll take you on a little trip of Earth. There'll be plenty of freaks out there into you. The prince attempted another smile, seemingly genuinely happy. That would be great. Thank you. Ha. <laughs> How's your pops? With so many kids, you wouldn't think that he'd have much time, but you spoke rather fondly of him. Father always made time for his kids, no matter how many credits it would cost him. He was a good father. The mood yet again turned somber. Damn, dude, now I feel you. My pops didn't quite make the time cut for immortality. Passed away probably fifty years ago. I missed the dude. He had some of the best jokes. It is always tough to see one's love pass. Mine was assassinated by a rival faction, made it all the harder to let go. I do agree. Fathers tell the best jokes. Holy crap, you guys had dad jokes. Truly a bane of childhood, at least until you got old enough to appreciate them. <laughs> Hi, hungry. Indeed. Truly, it seems some things transcend culture. My favorite is short but good. Go on, I'm interested to see, sorry, hear, how it translates. Alrighty then, what's brown and flat? <laughs> what? Brown. Oh my god, that's terrible, it's not even a... What did you expect from a father joke? Ah, good point. In that case, ten out of ten made me want to die. As any good joke should, your turn... The prince seemed significantly more relaxed, half-empty beer bottle stacked in his hands. The bodyguards had filed off to the side and were chatting between the two races. All right, hmm, what's one that would translate well? This is a personal favorite of mine. What do you think of shovels? Shovels? They're things to remove dirt with. Yeah, those. I'm not too sure. Well, I think that they're a pretty groundbreaking invention. I don't, the prince froze. Ha! <laughs> now that's a face of someone who's dead inside. Don't worry, I've got these jokes in spades. The prince stayed stock still, and a couple seconds later started to vibrate softly. Ha! <laughs> I don't think he can fool me this time. Don't worry, if I run out of these jokes, I can just dig up some more. To punctuate his sentence, the diplomat chugged his fifth beer. 
To punctuate the incapacitation, the princess fell from his limp hand and foam began to froth from his mouth. Oh crap, dude, you okay? Get over here, you guys. He waved over the bodyguards and the entire situation swiftly descended to crap. The next day, the prince was pronounced stable, though was placed in a medical coma due to neural trauma sustained. The ethanol was removed as a primary source, and after a thorough investigation, it was found that severe synapse impediment had been generated, effectively short-circuiting the logical cortex. Though the meeting had been semi-disastrous outcome, it had still managed to foster decent relationship between the species, and thus was logged as a diplomatic success. After the prince recovered, he and the diplomat quickly became fast friends. In an official interview a week after the incident, the diplomat officially commented on live galactic television. It was a pretty crappy thing to happen, but we just had to bear with it. Not much you can do with that many unknowns. I'm just glad the doctors did such a quality in segregation and were able to figure out the cause. The next day, hospital visits spiked by 1,500%. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And, if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.